<laughs> Merry Christmas! Oh. Welcome to G.I. Joburg episode 306. Cobra Claws are coming to town. My name is Steve and in the most wonderful circumstances, uh, I'm joined in studio by in my studio by Rob, old friend Rob. First time I've been introduced before Paul. <laughs> Will you even join us tonight? Don't get used to it. Ooh. It is our festive episode, and yes, Paul is in attendance. Here he comes, Deadly Pencils, all the way from Joburg, our namesake. Here he is. Hey, Paulie. Hey. Hey, dudes. Was that meant to be Jingle Bells that like the haunting of the castle tower? Because... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what it's like when you're in. Once upon a time, yeah. when I was still a choir boy, and I think you were too, Rob, uh, perhaps we sang in the same choir. I was uh, never a choir boy. Once this massive event uh, with uh, Richard Cock, who is a... Oh, yeah, Dick Cock. <laughs> quite an esteemed... <laughs> uh, Conductor, muso. His parents didn't like him at all. No, clearly not. In fact, Cox. his whole his family daughter, has a... But his daughter, what is his daughter's name? Alex. Alex Cock, yeah. 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 Alex Cock. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Take it easy, brothers. Uh, you don't want YouTube to demonetize this one as well as our previous one. Oh, it's the... a name. It's a name, Alex. AI. They, they're on our case. Whoa. I did dispute it, by the way. Good. Um. So, anyway... Getting back to my story, he used to have these concerts, end of year mm -hmm. concerts, and there were uh, obviously a lot of uh, Christmas carols. Exactly. So I think in Jingle Bells, he encouraged all the audience members to take, take the out their keys off. and when he instructed them to do so, to shake them in the air. He loved his audience participants. That one. That word. Oh, very uh, John Lennon. This is the G.I. Joe podcast, and uh, we are in fact live with some wonderful people in attendance. Um, if you're catching this on the replay, welcome. Good to have Hello you. There. If you're catching it right now, hot off the presses, um, warts and all, we've got Ronnie Trickshot all the way from Australia. Hello, Ronnie. Oh, yeah. Um, MCDJ, ACDC, Spoon Killer, Bob Squad, Mark van Leeuwen from the Netherlands, um, Facebook user, which I imagine is Christopher uh hello hello um or perhaps as in the Rob, same christopher, I, I fiction. As in the same ah, christopher who did those amazing lego uh minifigs with the gi joe book shirt oh no way there are easter eggs aplenty if you're not sure what paul is referring to brick fiction our buddy christoph uh from the united states has once again concocted an amazing stop motion adventure this time very seasonal uh, the link is in the description to the YouTube video that you are currently watching, if you're watching on YouTube. Um, I would encourage everyone to check this out. It is very impressive. Um, I'm almost embarrassed uh, at how professional this guy makes everything look. Um, stop motion is an art, and he is definitely well-studied in it. Um, Nailing it. Makes our silly action figure movies look very amateur. <laughs> they are, by admission, but like... Yeah, this guy... Um, stop motion is absolutely amazing. It's amazing. People who can do it are like next level. And his Lego builds are also next level. Um, and this coming from a guy who has some exposure to uh, G.I. Joe represented in Lego. So, yeah, suitably impressed and so shall you be. If you like G.I. Joe and you don't mind Lego <laughs> and you love stop motion adventures, uh, this one's definitely for you. Okay, welcome Brad Bertrand. Brad Todd Bratrud. Todd, oh. Well, that is wow. a name that we Bratrud. do not recognize. Welcome to the madness. Hello, hello. Todd Bratrud. Oh, where Welcome. to begin? Well, it is the Christmas Eve Eve. So it's the 23rd now. So we were almost at Christmas. So it's nice that so many people are able to join us for 
almost Christmas, and we're at Stephen's house, and they put up this amazing Christmas tree, which I helped, actually. I helped put this thing up. Well, the whole family helped. Everyone helped. Was that your first Jabba Christmas tree? It was. I don't think I've ever been been here for one of these, so it's nice to actually know that I helped, you know, make it look as good as it does, so... It's pretty spiffy, and it awesome. is a real very tree. Uh, it fills the house with this lovely pine fragrance, mm. which, you know, if you if you are a snob and have only ever had real trees, um, you ain't got time for that plastic nonsense. No. Fake, well, I suppose Fake it has trees. its place. It certainly looked good, and and depending on how much work you put into decorating it, it can be oh for sure, and it lasts longer. You know, no. you're not going to find uh, you know land heaps filled with plastic trees. <laughs> we got old man outback in the mix. Ooh. I assume that's not Outback Stew. This is another Outback moniker. We have many Outback fans. Out Loving there. that. Appropriate. He's the, a cool character. And the Tiger Force Outback, no less. Oh, Christmas Outback. Awesome. Yeah. Good old St. Nick. We're going to talk about Christmas stories today, guys. Mm-hmm. I think. Should Apparently. We, unless there's any um, business you'd like to attend to up front, Paul. We are going to talk no, about dude. Snowbound G.I. Joe adventures with Cobra Claws are coming to town. We've jumped a little bit ahead in our Sunbow rewatch, but it is a festive it's episode. Season. And but then the the comic somehow landed on a snow episode anyway. So issue eleven, the pipeline, yeah. stone cold classic. But uh, I think I have one major criticism, but we'll get into that. Oh gosh! <laughs> oh, interesting. Yeah, why? Do you think it's a perfect comic, Paul? He does. No, I don't think it's a perfect comic. I'm just oh, wow. I'm curious like to hear what all. your criticism is. I've also got my own criticism for it, but I don't know if it's like I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there uh, when Me. we talk about it. You better. Um, but but I don't know we how. Get stuck into that, Paul, yeah. it's Christmas time. It's the season for giving and receiving, mm-hmm. um, and many of us have perhaps Given. our most cherished. G.I. Joe memories associated with the festive season. Did you have yeah. any major G.I. Joe memories you'd like to relate? Or any toy memories for that matter? Oh, Motu. Dude, we'll um, even accept Motu. <laughs> guys, um, Christmas, like, it's an odd one, hey? Like, um, G.I. Joe memories for Christmas, I think I only have, like, one before I met you guys, to be fair. Mm. Which was the whole? Um, I got an Eco Force Flint, Eco Warriors Flint, um, from David's mom, <laughs> who got me that figure, um, and that was a really really nice surprise because you know GI Joe's awesome. Um, but before then, uh, and I think I may have mentioned this on the podcast before, uh, when I got my Cobra Bug, it was actually a birthday gift, and then my parents had this um, to do at the police station i think it was hillbrow police station back in just 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 before the wild years should i say um so they had like a whole thing there and so you know the idea was you know you bring christmas presents and stuff and then they'll have a moment and the kids will come and open their christmas presents well um my parents had got me a cobra bug for for my birthday i mean like you know so what i did is i took the box threw a whole bunch of toys in there and my cobra bug wrapped it up so that I could unwrap it <laughs> at the thing. So I could have my Cobra Bug to play with there. <laughs> That's like lame. Um, there's that. That was fun. Shit, I haven't thought of that in a long time. And then um, Optimus Prime I kind of knew the story was coming, and I almost dragged the Cobra Bug box out from under my childhood bed, which is just a couple of meters that way. 
um, mm-hmm. just to kind of demonstrate it. How did I? I mean, I didn't know that you were actually going to talk about the box, but uh, damn, maybe I, I could. You guys could spin the wheels while I got it. But then again, that doesn't make for great <laughs> radio. No, no it's, it's all box. good. It is the European box art, though. It'll have yes. annihilators and Norgahides and night vipers, I think, as well. Lying on I the think engine. Frag, isn't there frag viper on there as well, like hanging out? Or am I thinking of the video game now? <laughs> oh, you think video? Yeah, for sure. I could be thinking of the video game. Um, yeah. And then, like the rest of them, have all been with you guys, actually. I mean, wonderful. Jeez, like amazing. yeah. I mean, last year was pretty amazing. You know, um, warthog. <laughs> Hello, um, amongst other things that had arrived. Uh, so, yeah, they've just been really awesome. But I, I think, you know, the cool thing is I can save those for future. <laughs> let me let you guys speak for a bit. I feel like I've spoken way too much. Uh, well, well, unfortunately, as I always say, my memories are horrendous. But I'm pretty sure every single Joe, every Stephen has always done his best to get me a Joe for Christmas. Since He's cool like that. that. Yeah, he is actually pretty cool like that. He's, he wants to make sure everyone has a Joe mess. Um, so I, mean, <laughs> I, I can't point any specific ones, but he definitely does his best to get me, you know, a Joe every year. I mean, last two years was um, Countdown, and then last year was uh, Night Creeper? No, Night Viper. Night Viper. Night Viper. So those are definitely two ones that are very recent ones, but I mean, yeah, I was. Definitely the gift from Stephen is the one that I look forward to seeing the most under the tree. Like my mom would get me something. I'd be like, yeah, put that, off, put that aside. You know, get that out of the way. <laughs> Where's Stephen's gift? Where is it? Where is it? I need it right now. Where's my new <laughs> <toy>? <laughs> <laughs> All these other also, toys that everyone's giving me, these hundreds of toys that I've been given, you know. Dozens so, of also, armor, Rob- many. Nah, don't give me that. I, I want also, whatever Stephen's got on me this year. <laughs> And also to know you, like I know myself, dude. Oh, like what do and, I really want? Okay, yeah. do I have the, the, the fortitude, the the, the inner Just strength give it to Rob instead of myself? <laughs> du- duplicates only at this. Well, stage. obviously, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, we got some lovely comments yeah, coming yeah. in. Blue Libra is leading the charge with his best Christmas memory: the Slugger, Ooh. my first Joe, Sky Striker, Terradrome, and the MCC. Lots of figures and other vehicles along the way, but those. Four toys with the top list. That nice is an amazing Very cool. list. That is fantastic. Oh, I'd love to find those under the tree. I think an MCC that would set you up as a Joe fan. There's no Forever. doubt in my mind. Um, like we can all, I think, trace our our love for this toy line back to these kind of these key moments. And like clearly for Blue Libra, Christmas yeah, that's was... a huge starting thing for four years, hopefully in a row. Well, for a lot of us, like. The big ticket items, something we didn't dare to dream having until mm. Christmas. Christmas is when, like, your wildest dreams could possibly come true. You wrote that list out for Santa, or if you were in the States, you circled things in the Sears wish book. I mean, uh, what an amazing <laughs> Santa. item that was to Too have. Too lucky. Um, and, and, and maybe, maybe you were lucky or fortunate enough, or your parents were just generous enough. I mean, uh, the way well, money just, gets um, spent, yeah, it's frightening now that we see the other side of of the gift all right yeah no, no, i have to give gifts to people goodness hardcore so yes here's a shout out to the the loved ones who who filled Made out christmas stockings possible. and, yeah. and prop stuff under the, or, or for the christmas oh uh, yes sorry Santa Claus. 
Santa. Know? My niece is just off camera and she's just muttered, I don't believe in him. Well, yeah, because we just ruined it now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, That's folks in the chat, throw us your uh oh, yeah. your your favorite G.I. Joe Christmas pickups. Uh Debuya J, who compliments us on this tree, also says that the general and the hammerhead, wish Whoa. I still had those. Wow, 1990 was a big year. Huge year. Mark Van Leeuwen got in 1988, he got the dial tone, beachhead, and the thunder machine. Now that is a bumper Christmas. There it is. Two figures and and the thunder machine. Oh, that's a bad they like to call you it. Actually, yeah, you actually, yeah, you actually set up. You got two Joes and a, and a and kind of like a useless cobra uh, machine. <laughs> I got a random well, question for you guys. <laughs> what was that? Uh, I got a random. I uh, got a random question for you guys and also the guys in the chats. Oh. Um, is there any particular like TV series or movie um, series or whatever that you guys run over Christmas time that is not like typically a Christmas thing? So. Like no miracle on thirty fourth street or whatever it is, I've never seen it anyway. Uh, um, so something no that Christmas isn't story, like like something that isn't typically Christmassy. And you know, and in this case, I suppose Die Hard also counts because Die Hard is Christmas. But, uh, that's essentially Christmas become story. a Christmas movie, though. Yeah, I mean, people um, all agree that it's a Christmas movie. It's in the top ten of most people's. Exactly. Christmas that's movies. why. Yeah. So anything with exception to Die Hard, because listen, when Netflix. Um, I think it's Netflix or Disney Plus, one of the two, actually recommend that film as Christmas viewing. Yeah, it's so Disney if Plus. If it's on the yeah. recommended Christmas viewing, <laughs> that's not unusual to watch on Christmas. Yeah. So, what do you, well, do you guys have anything like that? Now. I mean, yeah. that's it's why it's kind yeah. of wormed its way into everyone's Christmas viewing list. I mean, yeah, because of the debate. Mm. That's why Die Hard is infamous. But as far as a recurring christmas christmasy film for a long time it was anything from the original trilogy mm. interesting okay because cool. i think you know when power of the force 2 toys were in stores and i was buying that up like no tomorrow um yeah man i would sit and wait for the rest of the house to wake up while watching the space battle from return of the jedi mm. or the battle on hoth like I just fast forwarded to the cool key battle moments, the assault mm. on the first Death Star. Um, and I just, that's how I killed time because I was too excited to sleep on Christmas morning. So I'd have to mm. do something. So I'd yeah. slap in that set tape and watch me some Star Wars. Wow. Mine, mine is usually just, it, there are no non-Christmas things for Christmas. Like it really is just Christmas stuff that I watch. Like Home Alone, wow. always Home Alone, always Die Hard, um, mm -hmm. Love Actually, which is the 20th anniversary this year of Love Actually. Oh, maybe that actually. You're not still fine. But she's nice. Her, her subplot is the one that triggers me the most. Oh. This is the subplot yeah. where... Oh, with a guy like, like where, she's like got a boyfriend? No, no, no. That She's, she's getting married. Yes. And the best yeah. man of the groom mm. is secretly in love with her and then has the or like audacity to, like to, bur her to burden her with this knowledge uh, it's like dude take that one on the chin just just walk away walk away you can achieve nothing good by by baiting her like that 
you're gonna screw up your friendship. You're gonna lose the girl. Like it doesn't end You're in well. A wedding. I mean, there's a lot of months of planning. The no, parents the, put into the it. wedding was fine. Anyways, we're off the beaten track. But <laughs> if, you, if you if you consider love actually one of your like Christmas go tos, yeah, it, it's that that storyline bugs me. Christmas is all around me. It's everywhere I go. <laughs> oh, that movie put Bill Nye on a on a pedestal. Um, oh, I love Bill Nye though. He's great. Wonderful uh, uh, comments flooding in. Gundam Wing, Endless Waltz. Yeah, well, great Christmas film, actually. That's yeah, Moonlight yeah. 47s. Um, some Pee Wee Herman is uh, Todd uh, Protrudes. And Todd, yes, okay, now I, now I remember, man. We uh, we had some, some uh, I believe, email, email discourse. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, to answer Robert Kalupatan's question, um, am I back in South Africa? Well, got Max. Wow, what do you think, buddy? I came all the way to Australia. Hey, Kalupitan. It's There's Max oh, what, what, what? from Macross. <laughs> Very Ronnie cool. Trickshot tells us that the locust was a Christmas pickup. He yeah, didn't care that it couldn't pickup. fly. It was just a cool helicopter. And it absolutely is. It can fly. You just go. <laughs> 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 Zentara, Christmas 1986. Mikey Rinch, Zandar, Zarena, Thrasher, and the Thunder Machine. Whew. Well, I mean, so good. if you know Zentara from the comments, you know that Zentara loves some dreadnoughts. Um, oh, that's yeah. why, why wouldn't you? Dreadnoughts are really awesome unless you're wrong. I mean, that, okay. it makes me wonder if Centaur has anything beyond Dreadnoughts in the collection. Dreadnoughts and Dreadnought adjacent characters only, right? Am that's I right? A, that's a good focus, though. I mean, I, well, I mean, you know how I feel about it, but I think it's cool that someone has a focus, like Dreadnoughts, and that's the characters I'm, you know, I love. And Ronnie Trickshot shoots back, saying he can't go past Home Alone for all the greatest, uh, for all-time greatest Christmas movies. It's amazing. It really is. I tried rewatching it as an adult. What? It didn't have. No, this... it's so good. Is it so good? I remember as a child really loving. Again. I think there's a moment where Kevin McAllister is putting micro machines somewhere mm -hmm. to have. Yeah, for one of the traps, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And that 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 got me to sit up in my 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 chair in the movie cinema. The movie, oh. movie theater uh, at that point toys but, yeah like it's a cool movie for just like early 90s tat because that mm. house is loaded with like oh, his brother has like a ton of stuff such cool stuff yeah whoever set set dressed that film like went to town man bought up toys r us circa 1990 mm. too cool oh the story behind it is very good like the story behind um, how that film was made, made is interesting. Big Lebowski over Christmas. That's a good choice. That mm. is a good choice. Feels like a Christmas buy. movie for them. I did not know that it took place on 9 11. Yeah, what? I didn't know that either. But I mean, it must, must be pre 9 11. Yeah, yeah, sure. But a date that's going to now live on in infamy. That's wow. Wild. I hope that doesn't taint the film in any way. Um, mm. Hot take. Whoa, coming in hot from Jeff Morris. Home Alone 2 is better than Home Alone. Tim Curry, enough said. No, <laughs> I, well, I have to re-watch it. I haven't re-watched the second one in ages. I may re-watch the, re the second one. Lost, I guess lost in New York in that one. Hey? Yeah. Yes, yeah. Horrible video game. Just saying. <laughs> <laughs> and Shane Brailer, Christmas 85, got my aircraft carrier amongst other things. Ooh. Oh, my goodness. How, Very how cool. do you have a tree big enough to fit the aircraft carrier in it? It dwarfs the tree. I mean, most 
trees are not as gargantuan as the one behind me. But that's awesome. Ooh, wow. Justin Six says Batman Returns is a good Christmas movie. I agree. I concur. It's actually cool to yeah. see Toy Galaxy covering it. Um, because that, that to me is always our burning question about the collection. They do have many figures other than Dreadnoughts. Most of the figures other until the line was overtaken by reissued figures. Uh, okay. Okay. Shots fired back. It's the same characters over and over again. I'm so glad somebody mentioned Batman because for me, it's the Batman the Animated Series. I often find uh, that as a DVD, I'll pop in uh, as oh, ever, oh, DVD, Blu-ray. Um, ever since I got my hands on it, it's kind of become a Christmas staple for me. Um, Were so there I kind more? Of pop it in. I remember the Joker one. It was quite early on in the run. I think it was the first yes. Joker episode that was a Christmas special. Hmm. Yes, yeah. I think so. Yeah. I but just the whole... Just the other day. Oh. Yeah, so no, it, cool. it, it features but, a train. Of course he loved it. Um, but like, yeah, I, I just love the whole kind of uh, the milieu. Like, I just find the Batman animated series is just so great over Christmas time for some reason. I don't know if it's just because... I don't know what it is. It just resonates with me. I also caught Jumanji the other day for the first time in a very long time. And for the first time in my viewing of it, and I think this is like the third or fourth time I've watched that film. First time I've watched that film. For the first time ever, I actually spotted the G.I. Joe HQ in the background of the toy shop that they're in. So they're in a toy shop hmm. um, and all kinds of insanities going down there. The hunter is after them. And you'll actually mm. see um, it's Fort is the the one the of what's it called Fort America the one that unfolds. It's like it's just uh, the Rob's GI Joe it. headquarters, the yeah, 1993 one. It's that one. So, and you you see the back of the box. So you see the white backing with the schematic of it, oh. which is pretty mm. cool, actually. It's like it's a really nice surprise. And I remembered exactly where I was when I watched that film the first time in cinema. I was trying to get into watching Bad Boys. <laughs> no <laughs> way. They denied us. Yeah. So we went to But yeah, it was, it did yeah. feel like a BB Prize film at the time because you were just not old enough to watch something as hardcore as Bad Boys. You know, but. Uh, uh, anyway. Our Bad Boys was Blade. <laughs> Dude, Blade's actually kind of a rough film. But did you get bumped? Anyway. That's hilarious. We were about 14, and it was a 16 age restriction. And Same so I got in fine. Shut up, Stephen was like, look, I got, I got some facial hair going. <laughs> I had the whisper of a beard. What if you guys are real old? Well, when I say beard, I really just mean a furry top lip. <laughs> but the guy, in. what does he care? It's another admission. No, they, they gave a shit on our side. Hey? They really fought me on the whole bad boys nah, thing. Nah, the, um, the guys down here wanted money. It's the only time mm. I've ever been bounced from a poem, eh? Um, For Blade? In my youth. Otherwise, I'd watch uh, tons bad of horror movies. Bad, bad boys, yeah. Guys, I rifled through some um, photograph albums. There's one picture that's done the rounds, and I, I'm, I'm not going to reproduce it here. It was sort of me... Uh, on Christmas Day with my brother and sister, both hold, like holding Stalker V2, mm. the kayak Stalker, and Snake Eyes V3, the three-sectional staff Snake Eyes. Um, so I'm not going to bring up that because yeah, that, that is a tried... I mean, if you know G.I. Joe well enough, you know the story, but those figures did not last long. 
um, Snake Eyes, I believe some kid must have walked off with because it's Snake Eyes. If there's one figure you're going to dip into your pocket, it's going to be the, the the cool ninja in black. Mm. And Stalker, in spite of his exceptionally crisp white jacket, uh, was chewed by the lawnmower. Yeah. Guess my dad just wasn't paying attention that day. I mean, I'm looking at the grass before me when I mow the lawn. I'm a, I'm a grown-up now. But, I mean, he was... He, he was a bit morose afterwards. He kind of handed me these these shards of plastic that resembled my beloved action figure. And I actually kept them in like <laughs> a little like Tupperware in a drawer, thinking one day maybe I will have the skill to re wow. reconstruct this figure. But yeah, no, I eventually turfed that long before. That's nice. I would have been shut up leaving it in the garden in the first place. Like it was my but fault. I'm going to share... Sorry, Paul, I'm jumping all over you because I'm, no worries, I'm, on, on, I'm flowing here. This is a picture of me at the beach wearing some crappy plastic shades. However, they are G.I. Joe branded shades. <laughs> There's a little mm -hmm. G.I. Joe tri-color tri sticker right in the middle. And the arms each had stickers. So I was styling. That was a sort of, <laughs> I'm guessing that was 1990. Yeah, at the beach Super Christmas signing. time. And then here's a Christmas morning pick around about the same era. Oh, man. Uh, try again. <laughs> Thank you. That's me holding yeah, a tiger pose. Oh. <laughs> Look at your sister selling that tennis record. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Anyway, horrific uh, potato um, quality because of my terrible lighting and my bad webcam. But uh, let me just describe it for the, the listeners then. I think that was the moment where G.I. Joe really landed for me hmm. because that was my first G.I. Joe vehicle, the Tiger Paw, which is the ferret in Tiger Force colors. Um, and it was a playable model kit. Anyone who knows the ferret and knows the Tiger Paw and knows the Snake Tracks ATV, maybe hmm. not that one because you don't actually build it, like it was pre-assembled in the box. But anyone who knows that beautiful four-wheeler knows that it has rubber tires. It's got steerable front handlebars that connect to the machine gun. It's got removable missiles. It's got way more features than a toy that size has any business having. And yet it exists. And yet it is under this enormous umbrella of G.I. Joe, which has so much variety and so much stuff. I think that's really galvanized me at that moment. I mean, it's a very modest, subtle toy, but that was far more enticing than anything else I got that day. I got model kits. I got a little surfboard, like kitty surfboard. Um, but nothing spoke to me like that toy, which is funny because it didn't even come with a figure. And I don't yeah. think I've got a figure that Christmas, but just the vehicle itself was just so damn cool, solid and intricate. It required fun. assembly and giving it God, to dad good. or big brother to put the stickers on. There was a lot of value to a G.I. Joe toy even before your imagination took hold and, and you went outside to play. Oh, Centaro yep. said loved that, that, that vehicle. Got it from 1986 as well. <laughs> One of the few vehicles that I use frequently, so well designed. Yeah, absolutely. So a, a, a question for this Christmas. I mean, I don't think anyone's probably not opened it by now, but who's, who, who's got on the Hasbro his tank? Anyone on the podcast? 
Did you get it? No. Oh, wait, you wouldn't have gotten it. Are you trying to get it? Wait a minute. No. Look, anyone who knows me knows that Six Inch Joe is not my jam. Yeah. However, if I happen to see the retro Scarlet when I get to (laughs) Singapore next year, maybe we'll drop on that. But since she's already shown up um, in people's hands, I mean, there was one poster that uh, Full Force podcast uh, put on their feed that already has them and has already kind of put up a pictorial review. So it's not like I can break the news. I mean, typically, like, if you are passing through Singapore for any reason, Mm. um, have a little little look-see because they get stuff early, man. Um, But, yeah, no, I'm I'm not going to be... But I mean, I'm curious if anyone did actually kind of save it for Christmas itself. Like, did they? Or at least like, one of them. Literally just gotten it, but I could actually keep it and have it as a Christmas gift. That'd be kind of cool. Well, shout out to Dr. Alan Grant, um, who's no doubt going to be listening to this eventually, maybe on the replay. Uh, my buddy in Brisbane, who has a HasLab his tank, and is just today, today my time, yesterday his time. Um, showing me that he's cracking into it. So yeah, mm. on the 23rd of December, his lab, his lab has tank. His, his lab, lab has tank. Um, <laughs> on its way into his grubby mitts. Guys, sorry to bring up movies again. I'm so sorry. But on on Amazon, they had a film that I absolutely loved called The Last Boy Scout. Do you guys remember? I mean, not The Last Boy Scout, um, Toy Soldiers. Do you guys remember that movie? Do you guys know that movie? Small Soldiers. Small, No. No, no, toy soldiers. Toy soldiers. Yeah, that's the one with the little action figures that could move on their own. No, that's small soldiers. This one oh, is about okay. a bunch of guys in a boarding school that gets taken over by a terrorist. And very cool film, by the way. Very good. Uh, some great performances there. Um, old uh, can never remember his name, but uh, William Crusher, the actor. Uh, he he. That anyway, well, he's in that can... film. Will Wheaton is in that film. Uh, the guy who plays Gandalf, um, and he's, I mean, not Gandalf, the wild guy who plays Samwise, and he's also in The Goonies. Uh, what's his name yeah, again? Sean Aston, yeah. Yes, he's, in that, for you. He's, he's the main character. It's a very cool film. And there's a great scene in that film, and it goes something like this. It's a gunship that appears in that film, and it's just so cool. To, when it rocks up, it just kind of comes out of nowhere. It's just like... And it goes, <laughs> and it mows some dudes down. But it's fantastic. Anyway, I just had to Paul, relive this. My brother, uh, you're you're raising your lovely 25th anniversary tiger rat <sighs> into frame for people listening to the podcast version. But uh, we're gonna get into new shit immediately because there's something oh. occupying the pilot seat. What is in yeah. the pilot seat of that bad boy? I'll show you now. We're gonna go in for a close up. Hold on. <laughs> He's got a flight pass now. Wow. Yeah, sorry, guys. Oh, the, the, the tiger rat sweeps past the camera. There we go. It is. Is that Tiger Force shipwreck? No, it's not. It's Marujo. <laughs> and we're this... not talking the anniversary or the club version. We're talking the real deal. We're talking the real deal. Now, this, this is magic. This is Christmas magic that happened here. So... I'm not gonna. I, I'm. I'm scared of calling out the name of the person who helped get this to me. Um, but I do want them to know that I am super grateful for this, and I have sent them a message to say thank you already. But wow, I am 
beyond words. This is a figure, I'm sure uh, long-time listeners will know that this is just a figure I've sort of res um, uh, reserved myself um, to just never having. I never thought resigned. I'd ever have. Yeah, I resigned myself. Thank you. It's actually the word. I, I resigned myself to the fact that I would never have this figure and that it's just, uh, it's just like a, you know, like one of those, it's cool that it exists and whatever. But here he is. He's in my hand now. What makes this figure even cooler for me, at least, and uh, and I'm very grateful for this. Please, this is not me trying to make anybody feel better. I love that this one has had a little bit of a repro on it, like as in it's been fixed, it's been repaired, it's been restored, and I'm happy about that because it makes me feel so much better that whoever that the person who got this for me hopefully didn't break the bank account when they've got this figure, and they did tell me the whole story behind it. So, yeah, it is really, really awesome to have this guy in my life. Um, and it's very much a one-of-a-kind figure. And also something I never knew. Um, thank you, Moonlight. Um, uh, Moonlight says, congrats on finding one of your grails as well, Paul. Yeah, man, it's it's special. And I always, to this date, always thought these pants were black, but they're actually not. They're very dark green, uh, mm. which sort of comes across in the camera, but my lighting in this room has gone a little bit green. But yeah, it is, it's amazing. I even love that some of the tiger camo is like rubbed off there on the forearm. This is fantastic. This is magic. Dream come true. Hell yeah. This is the Estrella exclusive. It's for... Yes, yeah. The Argentinian uh, Commander in Macau. Uh, that would be Brazilian. Brazilian. Yeah. Uh, it's one of the two. It's, it's, but yeah, Marujo. I think yeah. we, we, we maintain our ignorance about international variations, particularly Latin America, because that stuff is very much off limits to us. Whereas European exclusives like Tiger Force Outback was something that we had a sampling of down mm. here in South Africa. But like mm. all the way west, no, that's, that stuff is, is, we don't play in that sandbox. We haven't. So yeah, I, I'm thrilled that you discovered this figure, that you placed this figure on a pedestal. And now years later, someone has been able to, to do this, the ultimate solid. It's absolute magic. In fact, this is the longest I've had it out of the container that it was shipped in. <laughs> so pedantic about it, but at the same time. Environment. Yeah, well, that, but I mean, even the hook is still attached. Anyway, it's just beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You know who you are. Thank you so much for this. Um, it's magic. I'm uh, honestly like, and as Steve it's said, this is just, miracle. it is a Christmas miracle. It's just one of those, I mean, I didn't even know this stuff existed until the modern era, until they did the twenty or modern era version of him, you know, as a collector's club exclusive, and then mm. sort of went down the rabbit hole to see. Oh my word! There's actually quite a lot of these very interesting figures. I think um, Tiger Force Airtight is one of them as well. Um, but yeah, this is this is special for me. So thank you. This is mm -hmm. this is a special Christmas moment. Um, and and sorry, just sort of. I know we're going back and forth, but also just to talk about Christmas moments. I mean. When I moved into this, uh, into this house, um, I got to say the Bergforce went above and beyond and sent some cool stuff to us. And I'm still super grateful for that stuff. And I, and I still enjoy it and play with it as well. So thank you again for that. So please don't Yay. ever feel that like we don't appreciate it. New toys make a new cool. space much better. Yep. New toys do. <laughs> Example given. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Sorry, I completely derailed us because I was talking about toy soldiers and all that shit, and then I Let's missed up your Let's talk about mind. Christmas lists. Um, mm. What, in your heart of hearts, gents, do you want Santa to put in your stocking 
2023. Wow. Huh. Hmm. Um, you don't have to nail it down to specifics. Oh, to like just certain years, maybe. Well, like anything from 87. Is there a focus that you have that you want? I mean, this is perhaps too late for Santa Claus to make <laughs> lost <laughs> Christmas yeah. miracles happen. But like, yeah, just, just give yourself a flight of fancy right here. Okay, can I, I, I'm sorry if this sounds like... I hope this doesn't make people cringe. Oh, I'm sure it's going to make people cringe, but I just want to start off by just saying I'm actually really grateful for everything I have got already. Like, And, I'm, and, and I know it might sound like chintzy and whatever, but what I don't care. Like, I'm very grateful for what I have received. I, I feel like I've received a lot, and it's actually very difficult to think of something more because of all of that. Um, that said... Um, the one, no, but I mean, that said to, uh, to play the game, but also this is something that I would love to get one day. I really do want to get a Havoc, a vintage Havoc. And even now after our catalog chat, I'm a little quite, I'm quite turned on by the Sky Havoc. Mm. <laughs> um, so the Havoc is definitely something one should own. I think I, I think they're very cool vehicles. I think they're very cool toys. Um, and then I'm still very okay. Thankfully, a member of the Berg Force has reached out, and I'm just saving up some money for it. But Serpentor uh, and Mindbender, the classified versions of them, and the oh. Trouble Bubble from that line, I would love to get one day as well. Yeah, that's like uh, the big ticket items from classified. They I are. They wouldn't be easy to get. No, they they aren't. And like I said, a fellow Berg Force member has uh, given me a cool offer on them. Like I said, I'm just saving up some cash for them. But there's a lot to love about those toys, the toys themselves, but also the packaging art is done by a favorite artist of mine. And uh, yeah, so there's just a lot of win for those things. Anyway, that's that's me. What what say you guys? I would just keep finishing 1989, I guess. I mean, you know, I have to own DJ at some point. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I, I nearly put him in the thumbnail for this uh, for this episode. <laughs> so yeah, I get. I don't want to rub it in your face that you didn't have one, Rob. So. It just happened like that. Well, I mean, that's you know, that's 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 what it is. Um, yeah, I think that's probably my my current goal is is, is attempting to get closer to finishing eighty nine. It's really the only year that I feel like I want to finish, you know, because obviously it's the year the scoop came out. Um, it would be nice, obviously, to have a lot of other figures and other vehicles. But I mean, a lot of the time, you know, when I see Steven, I get access to all that. You've stuff, got a so. pulverizer in your future, bro. Oh, I'm so excited! <laughs> I don't think the pulverizer is bad. Whoa. Well, I, that's always the thing as well. You know, you can have certain opinions about figures and vehicles, but when you eventually see them in person, it can change that opinion a lot, I think. You guys absolutely negatively... shit can the pulverizer in our our catalog tier list. <laughs> <laughs> if you're scratching your heads, um, yeah, we did a, a three parts. Was it three parts? We yeah. basically went over the images, the photograph, the action figure and vehicle photography from our favorite catalog growing up mm -hmm. and oh, the figures in one and then the vehicles i think was in two separate episodes correct and yeah i think the the pulverizer found its way all the way down into like the, the garbage heap uh tier which is unfair man there are far worse vehicles out there anyway well uh, you know it just so pulverizer. Than like it. somebody so, had to be the loser yeah <sighs> it's a loser in that catalog. It's not a complete loser. Yeah, it's not. It's not that it's an overall loser. It's not a devastator. Everything else was 
you know, yeah. everything, everything, everything brought us a game on that catalog. Good point. You know, unfortunately, we've got some excitement in the comments uh, generated Whoa. by the forthcoming GI Joe book, the art of GI Joe, book, which shipping man, that must be a heavy tome. Um, I would yeah. love it, but the shipping. Carson, mm. I don't know if you ever watched these episodes, but if you're watching this one and you're watching this specific moment, I would have so happily taken you up on that offer mm. for all of those books and released each other at Jocon. I just couldn't put them in my bag. I just couldn't. I just <laughs> knew that I would get flags because they're just too heavy. <laughs> well, you were smuggling an entire suitcase full of toys. I don't know how you did yeah, it. MCC. <laughs> Within this man's luggage was an MCC and a TTBP. Yeah. Yeah, mobile command center and a transportable tactical battle plan. And Robin Steve stuff sort of slotted in between. <laughs> but you had other vehicles as well. You had like a tiger fish. And yeah, let's not mm. discount the fact that we brought back an entire box. Of oh, no, we, we, that's the other thing. Again, you know, how could I think of getting more stuff if we already had so much? So it's just, mm. it's great. Uh, Project Dark Core, Rob Kalupitan says, I'm also looking for a Sky Havoc 2. It was the first Joe vehicle my dad gave me for my birthday when I was young. Mm. It is impossible to find here in the Philippines. Complete and undamaged. Yeah, not helped by the fact that, like, chrome is so easily blemished and scratched and made to look Yeah, so you're going to struggle to find, like, a nice-looking version. Oh, man. Yeah, it's not made easy. Mm. Found a, I've got a nice hack for that, by the way. So, Steve, once upon a time, Your you got me once upon a <laughs> Chrome pens, yes. Which work quite well. Okay, I've managed to get them to work quite well. They look good on my Sky Shark for the few dots that I fixed up. However, recently, Gundam, there's a Gundam marker, Gundam Chrome marker, which should also be easily available for guys in America. It's the Gundam Shine marker or Shine Chrome marker. On its own, as a marker, if you just put the paint on whatever, it's okay. It looks good. Um, it does. It can sort of rub off a little bit. But if you put that straight into an airbrush, for example, and you shoot it out, mm. magic. I actually have never seen ask, how you ap apply. Are you yeah. removing the chrome in the affected area, or you just you know, no, just over it? Like spot. You're just going over cr chrome over, over chrome, it. Okay. and using the airbrush. And yeah. your, your results with actually just pen onto plastic for small nicks and stuff, it's perfect. Um, okay. It's just that over time, because you handle it, it becomes matted. So the thing is, once again, you're never going to get better than actually doing a vacuum vac forming it yourself with Chrome, which yeah. is like extremely expensive uh, to do as, a, in the, as an individual um, or vac metal, should I say. So the best for me, I like the airbrush. It's easy. Literally, you just decant some of the marker in the airbrush. You spray it on. It's good. You're going to mess it up a little bit. Maybe get some rubbing alcohol wipe off what looks messed up and spray it again. You know, if you're going to keep it on your shelf forever. Spray it once, it should be fine. Yeah. Right on. And it levels yeah. nicely. Yeah, sorry, a little pro tip, whatever. Buddy, <laughs> I love to hear it. Um, Rob and I are noobs, but I'm sure. No, for sure. I'm sure people appreciate the knowledge out there. Yeah. Absolutely. Let's follow uh, Gunplay SA, where yep. Paul yes. dropped all his customizing <laughs> hints and tips, just in a, a Gundam setting. Yeah, the, the more you know, you know. Da -da 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 -da. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, should we talk about a comic book or a cartoon Ooh. first? Let's get. I'm so easy on this. I'll leave it to you, gents, to decide because you're okay. both in the same room. 
Well, we're going to have to speak at length about the comic, the cartoon, because I, I didn't bring down any visual aids. I've been absolutely slammed. It's been... It's Christmas it's season. It's crazy. Here. You have family. There's a lot of things pulling you in many directions. It the, at, at the core, G.I. Jarbeg is a is a podcast. So I think people won't really mind us, you know, talking more about something than we need to. It's also a village. <laughs> village. Mm. So let's talk about Cobra Claws are coming to town. Episode 39 of Ooh. the Sunbow series. My word. Um I I don't know if this was so much a, a Christmas episode as it was just like a scheme of the week or scheme of the day kind of episode. Um, however, there's one moment of pathos which I absolutely adored, which they gave to Mutt, who said that he never felt so great around the holidays because his parents didn't make time for him. <laughs> there he is. There he is. Around at a base. On base. Not, not exactly making time for his family. Or maybe he doesn't have any family. It maybe Junkyard is it. Well, before we go any further, thank you, Blue Libra, for joining us live. Um, and Merry Christmas to you. And yeah, all the best for the rest of the season to you and your family. Berg. At least Berg. he's making time. It's not like Matt. He's actually going to make time for his family. It's like Matt's family. Heck so the episode opens with CoverGirl. Um, trans and shipwreck in his like blue overcoat, very oh, cool winter very nice. winter gear. Um, they are bringing toys like donations onto the base, I guess, to do a kind of a, a gift donation drive. Yeah, they've they've collected a lot of toys. You'll see very soon after this little sequence, they've collected an absolute ton of toys that they're just like dumping out into like a giant empty space inside the GRJ HQ. No idea how that's supposed to get to kids, but anyway, that's not what you're supposed to concentrate on. What you are supposed to concentrate on is the fact that a Rattler piloted by the very only one and only wild weasel mm -hmm. um, starts chasing them um, and very firing heartedly firing at them, which you'll find yeah, out like, that very soon. They take he cover. He could have given less and... of a shit. <laughs> <laughs> a poop. He could have given less of a doodle. <laughs> cave wall opens uh, to this canyon and out springs firefly unbeknownst to the joes who then plants some who dumps a bunch of extra toys into their wagon i suppose he wants to help the kids out too that's really <laughs> nice of him actually Sinister. they get back to base and it's christmas time Whoa, roadblock christmas. has a roast turkey yeah duke's about to carve it up who wants the leg <laughs> of course you do mutt Junkyard. Junkyard. <laughs> uh, yeah, best of times all around. They've got a laser shield to protect the base while they all tuck into their Christmas vittles. Yes, and the the base is <laughs> under stock because obviously everyone's gone home. Most people have gone home for Christmas. The non-named characters, the green shirts, have gone yeah. home for Christmas, leaving only our our core. Yeah, and, and this is when Mike kind of leaves the party and he's like, "Oh, Christmas is the worst. I don't like Christmas bar humbug." Let me go look at the I appreciate toy. that. I appreciate that moment in the in the thing though. It's cool that we have a character that's like not bar humbug per se. He's just like <laughs> feel down, and his yeah, dog not, is the best. It's nice it covers not just people who are obviously like completely brought up and happy about Christmas, but they are. They, there's a spectrum of like you know what people's reactions are to Christmas, and it's, it feels more realistic that you have at least one person on the team who's like, Christmas just isn't was never exciting for me, unfortunately. Um, mm. But the excitement's really going to get him now because he takes an interest in uh, the the toys that are hanging around that the Joes are collected, and one of them uh, 
is a horse, a little uh, rocking horse. Creepy. With have, glowing eyes. With glowing eyes. And suddenly it, it just it blows up and these tiny little, what I thought were action figures, like all start to come out. And there's, there's this whole group of action figures that burst out of a ton of toys. There's snakes, there's vehicles, um, and, and little toy versions of, you know, uh, Major Blood and Baroness and all of them are start attacking much as he's kind of like, ah, oh, oh, goodness. And it's at this point that Steven's like, no, nah, they're not really toys, dude. They're, they're, those are the actual people. Rob fell into the episode's trap. I mean, obviously, I've seen the episode before, so I knew the MacGuffin is a shrink ray. Basically, they've smuggled Cobra agents into G.I. Joe so HQ. Cool. The biological uh, enlarging, delarging <laughs> rays of machine. Destro has an overly complicated name for his Worst name for invention. a thing ever. I, he I was, he uh, doesn't... Yeah, absolutely. he's the worst with naming stuff. Hello. My nephew's just entered the fray. Hello, Casper. Do you want to say hi? <clears throat> Hello. We're talking to people across the Apparently world. Apparently not. Yes, he's getting uh, close. Yes. He's, he's bringing the oh. festive cheer to uh, folks in listener land. Oh, oh, oh. A little closer, oh, boy. Oh. He's got his Christmas hat on. Hey. Oh, that's so cool. Hey, Welcome buddy. to Christmas. Um, That's cool. Santa. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Santa. 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 I'll accept. Well, yeah. With my present, Santa. You got anything for me? No. Hey. <laughs> yeah. Ah, what you got? Excellent. What you got? Got me some toys, please. Please, Santa. I've been good. He has been good. <laughs> well, he tells us he's been good. Good or good no. at it. Good at it. What's up, buddy? <clears throat> Pardon me. Story time? Yeah. Story time. Well, you've got to the right place. We're talking Heck about yeah. a comic book and a cartoon. Talking about a cartoon. I think so. <laughs> <laughs> so the inevitable battle ensues and Cobra... Uh, Get enlarged by Yeah, Firefly, Firefly scales. Firstly, Baroness in a Rattler shoots out the controls for the laser uh, shield, uh, which allows Firefly to scale the, the wall to the HQ and fire the embiggening ray, yes. whatever, at all the, the Cobra agents. And some of them are riding like actual toys. Yeah, I found that to be a bit out of sorts. Like some of them are in Rattlers and, and, and Stingers and whatnot, but some of them are in like toy cars. Like, so are those practical toy vehicles that they can- Well, did they, I don't think they, no, they got enlarged as, as the rest of the battle went on. So yeah, I think they were very practical toys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. So the battle uh, does not go G.I. Joe's way. They all yeah. get imprisoned. Well, everyone except the Duke get well, put no, into they, a meat locker. Yeah, all together they go into a meat locker. <laughs> and it's it's a very interesting sequence where, where Shockwave manages to... Uh, shipwreck. Like, get, shipwreck. Manages shipwreck. to kind of like get out of the situation he is by kind of like manhandling the meat next to him. He <laughs> kind of like mounts it and he kind of like manages to like swing his way off, the, off it with the help of his meat. Um, and then, then he has to kind of like put himself back onto the hook because <laughs> Cobra, like, okay, Cobra Commander comes through and is like, you will never escape, but I will leave this key for you as a Christmas present in <laughs> case you're able to get to it. But you won't be able to because you, you're all hung up never here. <laughs> We've been manhandling my meat. <laughs> but they managed to escape because Cobra Commander helps them to so. escape. Yeah, exactly. They get out. 
do you think like the force field costs like a lot of money? Do you think they that's why they only like let it rock on Christmas on Christmas Day? Like it probably costs the government a lot of money to rock the, the force field. Absolutely. I mean, why don't they just have it on every other day then? I was thinking exactly the same thing. Like they don't turn it on because that's when the grid goes dark. So <laughs> yeah. to, to all the other people in them, what is it? Uh, Keystone City. Keystone City. Which is the nearest sort of major metropole. To 33 the... miles away, by the way. <laughs> anyway, so they must be having rolling blackouts thanks to G.I. Joe's power consumption. You've got to keep those toys <laughs> safe. Damn right, man. So what happens? Cobra tear off on G.I. Joe's vehicles. They take Maulers, they take Skyhawks, they take Sky Strikers, and they're going to go and waste Keystone City. That's part of their plan, is that they kind of like get um, Zartan to pose as Duke to kind of say, hey, we, we don't like Americans anymore. We're going to go and attack Keystone City. And then this forces the Joes to escape with the the use of the Cobra vehicle. So Presenting now, my niece. Giajo, this is Elka. Niece and nephew. We're all here tonight. At the full house. Where's oh, my boy? Yeah. Whoa, he's probably sleeping. He's sleeping. Oh. Yeah, he's Can fast asleep. Down. Oh, put him down. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You get those sleeping pills in. Ah, okay, I fantastic. See. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is live to the well, public. Can me. <laughs> so then the rest of the episode is a fantastic um, action sequences of... Joe's in Cobra vehicles versus Cobras in Joe vehicles. What an absolute highlight! Which I think we we haven't seen before in the in the show. Um, maybe there's like one or two you know instances of someone getting into a single vehicle. Yeah, typically it's enemy. like if GI Joe's escaping from a Cobra stronghold, they'll grab a moccasin or they'll grab a his tank or they'll grab a Cobra yeah. glider or a rattler. All of them versus everyone else. In the and what's even cooler, course. they pair up vehicle specialties like. Covergirl is in the tank buster, the mm -hmm. Rattler, mm -hmm. and she's blowing up G.I. Joe Maulers. Uh, Wild Bill is in a fang, and he's shooting up his own dragonfly, which yeah. is he's like, I feel so like I just shot my own horse. <laughs> Great stuff. That is <laughs> well, probably my favorite did. episode, favorite episode, favorite moment in the episode. Mm. Yeah. Just this contrast of like G.I. Joe. They know the weaknesses of their own equipment, of course. So they I know think how to assign. The Cobras would know the weaknesses of their vehicles too. I mean, there, there should be no advantage on either side, but some of the Joes are supposed to take more advantage of that to be able to take out the Cobras. Paul, I'm curious. Mm. In the arms race of G.I. Joe and Cobra, whose equipment yeah. is more... Who has the the, the, the more um, technologically, technological, advanced? Yeah, technologically advanced equipment? In your opinion, I want to I I want to say Cobra because I find a lot of the times I'll say for the most part across the board it's mostly Cobra. I feel, um, but GI Joe does have like one or two standouts like the X nineteen for example and the Sky Striker. They're pretty like advanced actually. I mean the Sky Striker doesn't look it, but I mean what's under the hood is pretty advanced. Um, I think you but agree just I do actually. Yeah. I think I would say because also, I mean, yes, I think Stephen, what what you're gonna say is actually also what necessarily applies to the GI Joes is that who's making this stuff is down to the the cheapest contractor essentially. Mm -hmm. While with the Cobras, yeah, they have it's, yes, they are, you know, they're, they're criminals and they have to pay someone to make the stuff. But it's Destra often that is making the stuff for them. So he has sort of yeah. a vested interest in creating sort of the best possible weapons he can for them to use. 
That's a yeah, district so he has an advantage. with his MacGuffins. And like the stuff that the rank and file Cobra Trooper gets is pretty basic, rudimentary, and quick to produce. Mm. That's why I've got that kind of cannon foddery feel. Like a fang is not a superior helicopter to a dragonfly, mm. but you probably got like a dozen fangs going up against a flight of two dragonflies. Exactly. Yeah. So mm. I just want to just uh, re remark on the spoon killer. Guy Striker doesn't look good. Sorry, man, if it came out that way. I meant it as it doesn't look like it's technical technologically advanced or anything. Sky, uh, Sky Striker looks amazing. That's that's, mm -hmm. a, that's a sexy bird. We love that. We love that jet. But um, just just before there's any like controversy, <laughs> oh, controversy. and that brings me to uh, something that I, I neglected to mention. But um, I mean, I asked you guys what you hope is in your your stocking for Christmas. Never told Day. us yours. I'm hoping. I I have the original. Well, the you you know it, Elka. Like yeah. I have a Sky Striker jet that's yeah. in the UK, which I've longed for 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 a long time now. I, I bought it on eBay UK because, I mean, if I send it to my my brother's house, it costs next to nothing. Yeah. And also, like, Action Force toys on eBay UK, you can suddenly get incredible deals. Like unheard of deals people just don't know what they've got man so i have an action for sky striker which i spent maybe a whole i don't know 30 quid on um and like nothing and it's, it's beautiful yeah. condition I yeah. did. you've inspected I, I knew, it i have I not like i i, I did oh yes you I did she sent me videos of very uh, creakily opening that canopy and i'm like yeah. <laughs> please don't wiggle it too much oh, sorry. <laughs> I'm sure she did a very good job yes you did a, an admirable admirable job there an admiral job admiral admiral's job. done so guys i'm gonna wrap this episode up in a nice bow and say i'm gonna give it um a generous festive five out of five wow. I couldn't anything better oh wow. we didn't mention that the conclusion oh uh, yes, four and a half giant giant um Parrot, you didn't mention the parents giant polly i was a little bit disturbed when they shrink polly almost squash it like wild bill's gonna swat polly like As a, fly. a fly freaked me out yeah that was then they managed to increase the size of polly back to normal and like Polly's so wasted from the process that they lay this Polly down on like a miniaturized bench. And I'm like, that's awful. Oh. I hate seeing animals in peril. There's a point where like junkyard is in a corner shivering inside the, the, like the fridge, like the, where the Joes are being interred. Yeah. They Horrifying. didn't even, yeah, they didn't do anything with him. They just kind of they put him in there and the cold was actually what kind of sub subdued him. Ouch. Yeah, no, that's MCDJ ACDC uh, gives it a very a modest stars. score of three and a half stars. Well, that's still above average. I mean, I think, I think. Well, but there we go. Rob Kaluptan fires back with that's a five out of five. five, out of five. Oh, I'd, yeah. I'd probably give it a four out of five. Oh, yeah. I think overall it's a very good episode. Um, also, Duke's shenanigans with Covergirl. Dude, Duke is schmoozing Covergirl at the end of this episode, which is. I mean, well, when Scarlet's Scott, away, yeah, yeah, that dog gonna play. It will play. Yo. Four and a half Duke shenanigans for me for this episode. <laughs> I love this episode. Very good. And thus ends Cobra Claws <laughs> are coming to town. Uh, if you haven't seen it, scroll down to the comments, or not the comments, the 
description for this YouTube video. I have a link to the YouTube video. And yeah, man, crack a frosty, get a mince pie, whatever your Christmas vittle is like. It's it's a fun romp. Um, What's a frosty Steve? At its best for me. Heck, is that a beer? (laughs) Comic book time, guys. It's the pipeline (laughs) pour issue number Mm. eleven. Wow. Wow. Indeed. <laughs> what do we think of the cover, cover as well? Yeah, I love this cover. Yes, yes there is because it's a Marvel yes, Comics. Yes, um, it's a very good cover. I mean, I, and it and it is representative of a moment that happens inside the issue as well, which I think doesn't often happen. Nope. Um, and it's cool when that does happen. It's very well done. It's also like, like that's the key scene for me for that for that toy as well. Oh yeah. The thing. Yeah, I love I, I love having job and Doc on the battle oh. bear. I think it's rad moment. Anyway, carry on, Steve. You were giving us a the, oh uh, yeah. Well, the creatives on this book, Larry Harmer once again with script. Mike Vosberg's back from issue ten, um, and he's got a lot to do on this issue. Wow. John D'Agostino is the inker, Rick Parker letters, Christy Scheel is the colorist, Danny O'Neill is the editor, and Jim Shooter, legend editor-in-chief. And 13th member of, or 14th member of the G.I. Joe team. Well, uh, all right. So we open with Wild Bill flying, what they call a slick. I mean, it's definitely illustrated to be a Huey, Iroquois, Iroquois, Iroquois? Iroquois. That one. The Vietnam War classic, uh, <laughs> ubiquitous helicopter a few of them were actually doing some water bombing uh for some some fires up on the mountain while up i mean crazy days guys we were swimming in fisher beach beautiful day but like mount vesuvius going off behind us like yeah. this huge pall of smoke it looked like a volcano behind us but i mean the lighting was amazing like the whole sky was just orange oh yeah oh that like i love that okay thank you the lighting was amazing that makes me like <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Guys, I, I can't even begin to give a blow-by-blow blow of the events of this issue. It it's, is so It's dense, and convoluted. also I think it's because like they have to go they're, they're in one place, they, and then the, the Cobras leave, and then they have to go get them at the second place. But then there's also a third place they need to go to. And I think that's also why he kind of simplified. It was like there's Pump Station 1, Pump Station 2, something else is happening at Pump Station 3. So it's a very dense episode or issue, and a lot of stuff really does happen. But it's it's kind of cool because you get to see new characters coming, kind of coming in, and there's kind of like a running joke with the between <laughs> gung ho and snow job and snow job, yeah. Well, rock and okay, rock so, and roll, yeah. So rock and roll and snow job actually, but to do with gung ho and gung ho's sister. This is the introduction so, of. Oh, let me see if I can get this right. Oh. Wild Bill, Doc. Airborne, snow job, gung ho. Uh, I'm stalling. Not sure. Gung ho, a duck. Yeah, yep. airborne. I think that's everyone. Yeah. Gung ho, duck, airborne, yeah, wild bill. If I said wild bill, hopefully. Um, but I'm yeah, so so they think that gung ho is a bit of a blowhard. Bye, guys. Thank you for joining Cheers, guys. us. Guys, going to bed. Join us for another episode soon. <laughs> Heck yeah. And so the running gag is that uh, Gung Ho is this blowhard marine. 
um, and roadblock, rock and roll doesn't quite get along with him. Well, I think Gunga is just being is just doing his job. He's brash, and uh, it's kind of like the classic, um, you know, the army versus marines. It's this, this, that kind of like, oh, you know, I don't like him because he's just because he's a marine. But then Snowdrop kind of was like, oh, well, and he seems kind of okay to me. And, uh, you know, his sister is quite nice. She's a model. <laughs> <laughs> I love Snowdrop so much. I love this. Uh, I, one of the things about this issue I did quite a bit is the introduction of Snowdrop and and uh, Doc into the into the mythos, into the world of G.I. Joe. Rob and I were reading this this afternoon, and it occurred to me that, like, of all the newcomers, Snowdrop seems to be... Like he seems to be in country a little bit longer than anyone else. Yeah, he's been around a little bit more. He already has a handle on who Snake Eyes is, mm. and like, don't touch the mask. Like, there's a there's a moment that it plays out with Doc, and then Airborne is about to do it as well, and Snowdrop's like, eh, you don't want to do that. So he's got insider knowledge on Snake Eyes. He's also got insider knowledge, obviously, on Gung Ho. Mm. So, I mean, either he's just a very quick study and good judge of character, or he has been well acquainted with his teammates. So he's able to pull this long con on rock and roll jokes on rock. Like gung ho sister is a model, but she's a child, <laughs> child model. model. <laughs> <laughs> and doc was, yeah. And doc, I think elucidates the, the rest of the story. Like, Oh, it's, he's going to keep getting you. You know, you can ask you for money for this thing. And eventually you'll get to meet her. And, and it would have been like a really hilarious meeting and everyone probably would have taken pictures and be like, <laughs> You know, being on being on his case for the rest of his uh, military career. Hello to your new friend, the <laughs> FBI. <laughs> Someone's like nine-year-old sister. Well, he just left out one certain detail. You know? <laughs> it's just like, but yeah, I mean, thankfully, yeah, it, they didn't take it too far. But I mean, it feels like it's cool to kind of just have it in there because yes, it, it's a it's a serious mission. You know, like serious shit is going down, but there is kind of like. Even within the seriousness, there is humor that these guys kind of do have, you know. Like yeah, there's kind a of report. Guys, I missed one key new. Well, he's not a G.I. Joe character. Oh, he's not G.I. Joe. Joe his butt is occupying the screen right now because we don't get to see <laughs> his face. None other than he's the evil master. Not master of disguise. He's the evil arms dealer. <laughs> uh, it's Destro. Butro. The debut of Destro. Not Batro. Well, we don't get his name in the issue. Though, they call we? him the specialist. Yes, and it's clear that Baroness has a past with him. Um, a lot of lovely, uh, open-ended questions are asked by this issue. So, while the plot itself and the action is extremely convoluted, and I feel like almost there needs to be a mission map <laughs> accompanying this, like a fold-out, like separate, separatable like map that you can kind of lay alongside to see root of the history, root of the specialist pipeline station one, it's station a lot two, to cover. nuclear I mean, it's, power it's, plant. It's, yeah, there really is a lot to cover, but I think as you go along, it's still kind of knowing where, which characters are where um, it, it does help. But I think definitely reading this more than once, I mean, you will still get a lot out of it. But yes, if nothing else, this serves as a solid introduction for a handful of Joes mm. and a very key member of the Cobra team who is posited as a Cobra agent or Cobra specialist. He doesn't have his own agenda and uh, having his own team, as it were, faction is uh, still a long way away. He's you know rubbing shoulders with blue shirts. He's driving in his tanks. 
I think it's man. probably very early days in as in the knowledge of who this character was within G.I. Joe. And he might not even have written the file card for the character yet. He was just given like the visuals of like, hey, here's this guy, this is what he looks like. Throw him into you know the the, the next issue you possibly can so we can kind of like, you know, sell this toy. And he only but kind of came up with the the concept of who he is later on. Well, Death Row, Dark, Airborne are 84 figures. So this could have been how they won. So the figures could have been out already by the time. 1983 figures, Paul. Mm, sure. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, 82 and then 83 was when, yeah, when they introduced them. Mm-hmm. Okay, then, I mean, then they should have known. He should have had a, a generally good idea of who he is because this kind of feels just disconnected from the kind of like the way we know who Destro is later on. It feels like Larry didn't have a, like a, he has a certain like mysteriousness about this character that is not in line with who Destro actually is, you know, an arms dealer, um, kind of the guy who Thick. provides it is the equipment to, to Cobra. Well, they, they set it up in the issue. They, they put a very fine point on how Destro is positioned at this point mm. in the G.I. Joe canon. And that's, Cobra Commander says, if I am the equivalent of G.I. Joe's General Hawk or General Flag, yeah. then uh, Destro is the equivalent of Hawk, yeah. who was the colonel at the time and, and very much a, a field operative in spite of mm. being of like a, you know, a very high rank. Mm. Um, so Destro is very much a field commander. Guy gets his hands dirty. Um, yeah. And boy, does he ever. Done. Yeah, lovely little plot contrivance. At one point, like he could pretty much end the story by firing a wrist rocket at the GI Joe helicopter. <laughs> but Larry writes in a beautiful back door for himself, and the wrist rocket just kind of goes splashed or done. Take is not um, flawless. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and that's, I think this is where your whole theory about like um you know the, the cheapest uh, the cheapest stuff does really go to the guys on the front lines in Cobra. Yeah, even their their uh, field commander. I don't know. I, as I say, I, it's if you zoom out and do the kind of the meta um, examination of it, like in order for the plot to continue, they needed that helicopter to survive. So just like when we used to play with our toys, Rob, sometimes you had to pause the game rationalize say, yeah guys the contrary, like well, how why did this happen the way it, it was, well because the story has to keep going <laughs> it's like he has two rockets unfortunately there are only two the three three vehicles destro has to use one of them and the other two have to be destroyed well he would have to because he has two missiles but the characters have to follow after him or at least they have to be able to wrap up the story in the, mm. in the next couple of pages so they need that vehicle to still be alive so mm. why doesn't it work oh i did <laughs> while bill gets a time to shine that doesn't involve flying a helicopter which is awesome i kind of wished that uh, that we saw this happen at least a handful more times in the classic comic book run he gets to do some gunfighting mm. they're three cobra agents at one of the pumping stations they pull out revolvers and f- actually open fire on wild bill but he guns them down in quick succession kind of off panel um but well, like, it's beautiful though because you get the focus of what he's doing so they're like ha you're both dead men 
We've already beaten you to the draw. That'll be the day. So they get off like one shot, but he in in the same space of time he gets off three. Gunfighter style, fanning the the hammer on his, I don't know, Smith and Wesson Colt, yeah. whatever that is. Oh, that's Something. a that's an army. Yeah, I don't know what um, single action army. Yeah, someone's played Metal Gear Solid too many times. Let's his gun. And what do you think of? The way Mike Vosberg illustrates Wild Bill, because it's pretty off-model. He's not wearing glasses. His moustache looks more in line with Gung Ho's, to be honest. Mm. It's not that kind of cookie dust. Oh, my word. Is that meant to be Wild Bill? Because that always uh, I always registered that as Gung Ho. Even when they were chatting, I'm like... <laughs> the dead dog thing, you know? Hmm? Gung Ho's rocking a sort of a handlebar moustache, and so is Wild Bill. Yeah. I like the way Wild Bill is illustrated. He's in sort of dark blue overalls. Could be black, but that's just the colorist okay, trick. What gun does Wild Bill use? I'm curious now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure it's... He's got like Sorry. knee-high boots. And I mean, Destro comes across as exceptionally... like He comes into the situation, he takes complete control, and he knows where he wants to go. Because he comes up with a contrivance of like... Oh, they've been exposed to a virus. And that kind of like really hampers the way that Giorgio has to approach the rest of the mission. It kind of, it may, it, it directs their focus in, in a different direction from what he's trying to achieve through the mission. And it's kind of cool that he, he does come across as exceptionally competent. And it's, it's a fantastic introduction to the character of Destro. Hmm. What do we think of Airborne's hmm. introduction? Oh, uh, I actually thought that was very cheesy, personally. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Let's have it, Paul. Yeah, I just thought it was very cheesy. It was like, hey, kids, airborne, now this nationwide. And he's even got his freaking name. I think it's written on his head. Yeah, his yeah, it is, I mean, actually. Like, it's come now. That they that they posit him as the glider pilot, but like, if you bought a glider, you're not going to get it's the airborne. Awesome. No, you're going to get a retread of Grunt. Mm. Yeah, sorry, I almost said Starduster because I was thinking of. But yeah, it's well, ridiculous. Like it does bug me. Like that whole introduction bugs me. Um, the introduction to his character that I do like is when somebody asks him his name and he says like, you know, I'm tall tree, but whatever. And he goes, "You Indian?" He's like, "No, I'm Native American." And I, yeah. I love that. That I find was that cool. quite progressive for 1983. Yep, that's why so I like it. So Indian much. was a dirty word even back then. Call yep. us Native American. Hmm. It probably was so really, really a, 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 a dirty word to Native Americans themselves because it's it's completely in, inaccurate as to who they are. Yeah, which makes it even more ironic that on an episode of the Next Generation Star Trek, a show that is touted as being progressive and quite liberal, yeah. like there was an episode in the '90s, I think it was in the last season, and I watched it not too long ago, where there were. Um, you know, sort of a, a group of indigenous Americans had been relocated to another planet. <laughs> um, and they kept calling them Indians in the show. And I'm like, wow, Roddenberry? thought you were all enlightened and shit. Hmm. Uh, uh, coming back to Wild Bull quickly, um, according to the file card, uh, prefers mm. a single action 45 long Colt revolver. Ah. Yeah. Hitting us with the Colt facts. Single action 
Hell yeah. Sorry, I just had to Steven Steven there for a second. <laughs> I could I couldn't do it with 8384. Damn it. So yeah, I think well. Right. What's um, in a year? I mean, this comic book came out in May right? of 1983. It's entirely possible that like the distribution of Destro action figures hadn't been widespread by then. Possibly, like it's yeah. still blisteringly early in the year mm. to have all of those figures show up at retail. Or maybe maybe it happened as, as quick as clockwork back in the 80s. Like it's a new year, it's a new series of G.I. Joe's hitting shelves. I don't know when this stuff came to market. That's I think I mean, yeah, there's probably a lot of logistics behind trying to get everything to line up where like we need you to write an issue that'll come out before these specific characters are released. So they they kind of send him, you know, the early look at the the, the character designs. The general idea of like you know where he fits into the the structure, and um, you have to come up with that comic book, and they have to make sure that that comic book is released to time with the release of the the figures themselves. Because I mean that we all know, yes, this was all advertising in the end, really, um, <laughs> for the toys themselves. So definitely, I mean, let's not get jaded about that. But yeah, no, for sure. But I mean, say, no. I mean, he yeah, he did his absolute best to kind of like get these these issues to kind of like link in with what they were trying to do as they were releasing the toys. Which brings so me to my first vehicles as well. Mm. Battle Bear, yep. his tank, and the gliders. Which exactly which brings me to my, my first criticism of this book. Mm. Um it's a very much a commercial tool because the Falcon has actually got the word Falcon. I mean on screen right now is uh the Falcon on the page in the panel and it's got the word Falcon written on the side of it. It's an identifier. Yay. They used uh, the word, um, you know, they used the, the word battle bear quite a bit. They also made quite a fuss of showing its silhouette. Um, they even have a shot of it being driven uh, or being uh, written in the in the comic book that's very reminiscent of the box art from the from the release of the figure of the of the vehicle in stores. Not that shot. It's another one. It's a little bit more angled, but yes, pretty much. That's what they're doing. Like, I know it's like, but Paul, how else are you going to show them doing stuff? And I'm like, yeah, totally. But it's just that they, they, they like, okay. that's you a big frame. In this issue, it's more obvious than a lot of other issues that this is a vehicle for selling toys. How dare they? Yes. How dare no, they? Well, then, yeah, no, well, advertising no, no. in my funny book. Well, but I mean, it, <laughs> I'm it's being a, facetious. Yeah, I know, of course. But I mean, it's, for him, it feels more obvious, like than ever before, that like that it's, it it really is. It's just there to sell toys more than it is to to create an interesting story to support your thinking of of how you play with the toys. And I think I think that yeah, that does come across. It, I I wouldn't say it's heavy handed because he kind of does weave them in there in in a fairly good way. But I think even you know as we've discussed this issue, we did say it's a very convoluted story. You know, it should be very straightforward yeah. on paper, but like for him to be able to sh shovel all these toys into the, he had to make it more comp complicated, or at least uh, explain it in a way after the fact was very difficult for him to kind of get it out as a story. Yeah. Uh, and Rob, I think, uh, you know, you mentioned it earlier. There's a lot of, um, there's a lot of moving parts that go into releasing stuff like this. And so mm. I think this specific comic book probably did come out as the toys hit the shelf. So within the first week or within the same week, and I think Hasbro and Marvel worked very closely together to make this happen. Um, and they timed it that way. I've got a feeling that that was the case because of all of the branding in the comic book. It kind of felt like 
you know, the executives from a marketing point of view were like, we're going to have this book out there. We're going to get the kids like hungry and or wet for this stuff. And it's going to be on the toy shelves in the same week as that. That's the plan. That's the the two pronged approach here. It's like boom, boom, you know. Um, and I think it took a lot of effort for them to make it work because this is a considerable uh, another criticism. You mentioned the convolute, uh, how convoluted the story is, and I agree. I also just feel like the the criticism I have is this is a very wordy comic book. Like I don't have a problem reading lots and lots and lots of dialogue. Don't get me wrong, but I just feel that it's very wordy for a lot of what's going on. It's like we got to stop them before they got to do this because they're going to do this yeah, and they're going to do this. And it's like, oh. of the story. It's yeah. like yes, we need to stop the pipeline at this juncture before the plague toxin gets put on the radioactive um, cart and sent down to pumping station number three. But uh, there's a lot of yeah nuts and bolts technical stuff which. Too dense. many spotlights on too many characters. How do we make Destro cool? How do we make Doc cool? How do we make Snowjob cool? How do we make Airborne cool? Oh, yeah, we slap well, him on the glider. Do that and without being quite as, yeah. quite, quite as wordy a script. Mm. But I will say this much, and it probably was something that he hadn't realized at the time because he's a writer. He's not playing with his action figures at this mm. moment. I mean, maybe Larry was. Maybe he had all the toys in front of him and he was like, okay, how do I play this out? But there's something wonderfully convoluted about a child's G.I. Joe game. Mm. Yeah. It, it would kind of just spin into this crazy chase of like, we need to stop the bad guys here from poisoning the, 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 the well and stop this bomb from going off at the other location. So we need to, to, to steal the transport and get over there quick. Like, and there are enormous time lapses as well. Um, we have to like, okay, this is going to take four hours. So time compress four hours later. Hmm? There's a great moment. Like we start with, with Destro getting off in his plane and it's going to take him three hours to, to get there at Mach 2. And the very next panel, it's Snowjob scoping out the Cobras and it says <laughs> four hours later. So you know that Destro has made it, has parachuted into the area of operation, briefed his men, and things have happened. The needle has moved forward considerably mm. from when we lost checking in with the events. So I felt enormously nostalgic about the way I would play with toys reading this issue because it is, I mean, the details don't matter almost. You just need this constant propelling of one thing to the next, to the next, to the next. There's a lot that happens in this issue. And I said it earlier, but Mike Fosberg is an absolute champ for coming in onto the scene as early as he did and in his very next issue having to illustrate vehicles new personnel like a setting like this buildings and it's a sort of convoluted story and making it hopefully make sense to a certain degree mm. so i'm going to uh i i, I never liked this issue it's something that i read wow. long after my pangs for like an issue that is just selling me toys had subsided. Like as a kid, this would blow my brain. Hmm. As an adult, slightly less so because I see that it's just, it's dense, it's hard to read. I want to love it. But you said it, Paul, a lot of words. Hmm. Um, so I'm going to be Many basic bitch and say this is a sort of a three out of five jobs. Wow. Mm. Three out of five jobs. <laughs> Yeah, guys, I, I'm I'm gonna echo Stephen. 
it's also it's, it's three snow jobs out of five for me um i wanted to love I, I wanted to love this because i love snow job it's his introduction into the line i love destro it's his introduction into the story in a lot of ways it's it's just and if it just i don't uh it's just too much but i don't enjoy it either <laughs> yeah. when i had this when we got this as a homework assignment for this words, episode man, yeah i know i'm running out of words i'm running out of air time but um when we got this as a homework assignment i was like uh oh, <laughs> why did you do this to me yeah i think mm. i think overall it's fun but it's just like yeah it does take i think maybe more than one reading to kind of just like get what's going on um i, and so I agree with jimmy there are a lot of no. other issues where things are very complicated but he's managed to kind of break it down in a way that it is very easy to understand and follow um and i think for some reason that he just couldn't manage to get it to work on this one it was just too yeah. much i think that people were pushing for him to get into it um for mm. to make to make it work and we've got bob hoskins over here in this panel dialogue and there's lots of um implied stuff which is more interesting that it would be more interesting i think on a second reading when you kind of realize yes the guys they are talking to are not um innocent people that work at this, this prime station these are cobras so i think you could read this more than once and have it be more interesting and more and follow along better um but yeah i think it's a middle of the road issue in on average yeah so i'd probably give it a three out of five too True. i love what jimmy had to say here and also how the jimmy special mission about issue 20 was a much better slicker snow-based tail ah. i agree with you on that that's a much cooler way like that's well, what makes no job, no job a, a whole year for us to talk about that one <laughs> well i don't know i think we can make special consignments for for special missions oh special mission <laughs> consignments uh, but well, uh, I like that people enjoyed it um mc andrew gave it four four and a half stars that's <laughs> just like andrew <laughs> <laughs> spoon killer um also three and a half stars a little bit more than we liked it um and hi to everyone who joined us um in the last couple yes. of minutes um alan grant Dr. joined grant. us a couple of people on facebook joined us sorry some people are struggling with the sound on facebook i hope you enjoy watching this in the in the, in the replay and congrats on getting your hoodie oh yeah yep. oh, yeah enjoy it that that's um it's always nice to hear somebody Go hunt i always take it as a personal it pat on the back because it's my art so i always oh, like course, it when you guys get excited about it God, so. my man it's just amazing um, that people appreciate it hopefully you know the members of gr joberg will appreciate it one day when we decide to buy our own merch <laughs> we can actually have it sent to us yeah exactly um because yeah so anyway using <laughs> mcdj acdc is like using government names now huh <laughs> <laughs> um Guys, sorry, like just to Alan Grant, I always feel bad because I always think, oh, yeah, but I think you would be such a cool guy to have a, a, a beer with just because look at him, he's got an R33 in his profile pic. Oh, hell, I mean, yeah. the guy likes dinosaurs, he likes transformers, he likes skylines. I feel like we have a lot to speak about, you know. <laughs> I don't know, anyway. I just thankful and also just while we're on the You've avatar check thing at his fingertips Ooh. yep um, and jimmy i love your thing. avatar that you've been rocking race recently bro sorry i know it's such a like small thing but i think it's so good I, is that one of bill's artworks like because it's just it's awesome i'm just saying anyway uh, enough and if you are listening uh give us a star rating for the Haslab his tank just the vehicle let's not get into the mickey mouse cover commander etc 
And yeah, shit, anyone who is actually uh, in the live chats who yes. has become acquainted with the HasLab, like give us your honest review. Um, mm. Keep it brief or, or take to the keyboard. But yeah, let's go for it. it. In, in the comments, actually, that would be great. Because then it's mm. there forever. Well, the, the few that I've seen on, on Instagram, I think most people seem to be very pleased with it. Mm. I haven't seen much like like people vehemently going like, oh, this was the worst thing ever. Um, most people seem very, very happy with it, which I think is quite cool, especially after, I suppose, people have, you know, I suppose it wasn't mixed reactions to the, the Haslab Sky Striker, but there are more opinions I think I've seen, you know, that across the board when it comes to the Sky Striker than I have on the, on the, the Hist. There are so fewer complaints. It. I'll say yeah. that much. I haven't mm. I haven't seen like internet things going up like, oh my god, the his tank is hollow. Yeah, you know? People are actually more pissed off about Hasbro firing as many people as they did to improve the level oh, yeah. of line than they did. Which is crazy because then they define that is disgusting. People, but then they start there. raising money by bringing things out of what the Haslab vault um for their for their children's hospital. So it's fascinating that they kind of like get rid of a bunch of employees, but then they kind of like come back after that with like, oh, we're giving money to Inventory. our hospital. You've you got to get some good PR is... after the bad PR. Yeah, for sure. But yep, I was very confused that's exactly it. Hasbro. No, man, it's putting icing on the turd, bro. It's just that's what they're doing. Well, Sorry, yeah, this is just for this is for for Project Dark Core and for Moonlight because I know you guys will appreciate this, especially Project Dark Core because you've got this pilot as your avatar. What are we looking I'm at? I'm just for? letting you know. I see you, bro. It's the wife 29 Durandal Valkyrie from Macross, but it's a kit from Bandai. And Whoa. it's really, really cool. It's the first time I've encountered it in kit form. I keep thinking that they did one already, but I don't remember what it looked like. Anyway, so this is new. And I just know that those two gents really, really dig that kind of stuff. So I just wanted to just go. I see you guys. See you guys. Yeah. Wow. Okay. We got some interesting. Um... News coming out of the chats. Alan gives it a nine hisses out of ten. He really is looking forward to the dragonfly. Yeah, cool. If you got a shelf gives me faith for the dragonfly. Got a war against each other. Mm. Big ask. It'll probably be on the floor, right, L? I mean, I, I've been to your place, man. I don't think <laughs> I don't think your shelves are that deep. <laughs> Those are some chunky boys. Um, interestingly enough, Joe Hunter seventy three flipped it as soon as it funded. He lost interest in the classified series. That is. Terrible timing, I guess, but hey, man, follow what you truly love. And yeah. if, if you're getting yep. out of it, you might as well. I mean, I hope you got a decent price. Get out price, on a high. Yeah. Or I hope you gave it to someone with a very good price, knowing that it would go to someone who would appreciate it. I guess yeah. either or. <laughs> a perfect stranger and get some good good bucks out of it. Or like a pal who you know will love yeah, it. Yeah, actually enjoy it. And you did them a good yeah. deal. Yeah. Very Especially cool. with them only obviously making so many, because I mean, if you didn't back it, you there is really no chance of getting it unless someone did buy several of them or yeah, lost interest before they received it. It happens, man. The mm. Classified series has reinvented itself a vast number of times, considering how brief it's been around. Mm. Um, but it seems to be on a hot streak that I'm. I'm warming too. Oh, okay. Well, we'll see. Hopefully, you know, once um, Super 7's O-ring stuff, you know, takes off, maybe um, Haslabs will do some more vehicles. And maybe G.I. Joe could be relevant again. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Didn't I... 
Um, in the last episode, I think I may have in the last in the last episode of GI Joburg, Paul revealed. Um, in the last episode, I mentioned that I'm probably gonna pretty much put a dead end to classified. I want Why? to get that same Scarlet that Steve mentioned now. I'd like to mm. get my quick kick from that line. Um, I did mention Mindbender and Soapy. That would be cool to have. And pretty much after that, oh, I'm thinking about Big Bow and I'm thinking about the rest of the Dreadnoughts. But otherwise, <laughs> no, I'm putting it. No, no, guys, guys, it sounds like a lot. But you know how many figures? It sounds like a lot. But you know how many classified figures are coming out between now and March? Oh, and I'm out, guys. It's, I just want another 10 figures and I'm done. Dude. One dude, more fix. One more fix. It sounds it sounds like a lot, but they are something it's something crazy. I think they just announced four or five new other figures that are coming out. It yeah, looks well, like we between now and March, figures. it looks like there's about 20 figures coming out. Oh. Between now and June, it looks like, like ridiculous. Yeah. It's it's mad. So I want to cut it off there because those characters are cool and I want them in that a size because I want to start putting that money towards the Super 7 O-rings. Um, and hopefully they're great. So, well, because... we know what the first wave is going to include. Comic book accurate Snake Eyes, circa issue 21. Mm -hmm. Cartoon accurate Duke. Cartoon accurate Covergirl, blonde hair. And Ramar. From the Master Vice. Oh, the big yes. barbarian oh, one clock. Yes, the, from the sports. Yeah. Alan Grant asked earlier if that was a model kit. Yes, it is, bro. Just throwing that out there while I can, hopefully. Carry on, Steve. <laughs> well, I mean, Ramar is something that we've mentioned on the podcast. Mm -hmm. Thinking like they better make it a four-inch or five-inch O-ring figure. So... That's an easy way to cheat your way into making O-rings, where like one of the O-ring figures you're making is a bigger than average O-ring figure. How so? Well, I mean, you don't have to actually like match the exact scale of an O-ring figure if you want to make it into a taller than average figure. You know, it's kind of like you're mm. easing away in there. You're designing essentially four out of five of the figures to be proper O-ring scale figures. And the fifth one is kind of like a guy who can necessarily be bigger than he needs to be. And regarding, I mean, the, the one that probably no one is excited about, but like a cartoon accurate Duke presents an interesting new thing because they mm. tried that. The, the Hasbro retro reissues tried a more cartoon accurate color scheme, oh. sort of ramped up the colors, um, but it was still the old mold. Mm. So there was a disconnect there. Whereas Super the 7 are off, probably. Hopefully, they will make a new mold. They'll hopefully make an essentially an O ring downscaling of their Ultimates figure. And that excites me just that a little bit. That sounds really cool. And it's cool to get like a classic looking new Duke, essentially. Because classic old Duke is like flyaway crotch danger. <laughs> I mean, Duke's crotch, just because of the, the sort of Frank and Joe parts usage, it's a Cobra officer crotch, isn't it? Something mm -hmm. like that. Something like that, yeah. It's using a mismatched pair of legs. And so, oh, man, it's just, it's a time bomb. Well, then it's nice I, to kind Touch of... wood. Mine's crotch hasn't shot off, but the knee did. So. Whoops. I've got a slight stress mark crotch on my dukes. Yeah, my knee as well. I had to do a repair on my knee. Whoops. <laughs> but, yeah, my, my duke's crotch has got a little hairline crack, so I took it off. I uh, put some, a little 
bit of yeah, yeah massage bit of it. No, I put some Rufus super. Crunch. I put oh. some super glue on the inside. Oh, okay. just man. like did a few passes. Never yeah. miss a moment. Just give it a bit more, more, more girth. Yeah. There you go. Power. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Girthy crutch. Thicken the crutch. Yeah. Hell yeah. You anyway, just so, both cover goal and uh, Scarlet. You know, you got to be ready. But I think it's nice that they are doing a mix because obviously they're coming from the experience now of with the reaction line focusing exclusively on the, uh, the animated the cartoon versions of characters and they're doing they're kind of like easing into doing a mix of characters from the cartoon as well as doing characters from the comics and i think that's kind of cool you know they're kind of like they're trying to like not just um appeal to the people that are already connecting the reaction line but they want to appeal to people appeal. who have been collecting real american hero figures mm. I have a feeling that, like, I won't pick up Ramar, but I'm very pleased. I'm totally picking up Ramar. I'm here for that. (laughs) That's what I'm here for. Um, No, man, not just that. I'm grateful grateful that they're tackling that and showing us, like, that they're okay to to have (laughs) height ranges, hopefully. Yes, which could be, yeah, which is nice because, I mean, obviously, you look at the old O ring figures, they are essentially. 99.9% 99.9% all the exact same height. Yeah. You know, the exceptions being like um, Destro and Roblox. That's it. I'm really. thinking yeah, more along the line. Figures. Sure, yeah. In Classic Joe, the heights were pretty standardized. But then yeah. in the 90s, they you know they obviously did Sergeant Savage. That was still a O-ring construction. And they were four inches. Was mm. maybe taller. Uh, the Mortal Kombat line had Goro. So. Yes. Things got interesting, and I wish they'd continued that trend, that construction that we so love, but, like, play with it a little bit. Mm. Help, maybe make even a shorter character, like a kid character. like Yeah, a, something smaller. More the family. Maybe, and then also play with more, making more female characters. Because, I mean, obviously, of the female characters that we did get in the classic line, the most feminine Cobra one is Baronet. God away. And I suppose to, yeah, and Scarlet <laughs> has a slightly different body <laughs> construction. But then after that... The others are very like in the in the line of the masculine versions of the, you know everyone else like Lady J, Cover as well. What you don't like um, being slapped around by? A masculine <laughs> lady no, I J? think that's fine. I mean, I just I think it would be nice to be able to for them to play more with what you can do in the O-ring scale and the O-ring construction. You know, kind of give us um, yeah more body types. I think that would be kind of cool to make the line look more interesting. You don't have to duplicate it exactly the way they did it, you know, back then. You can actually see what are the what uh, what are the limits, what are the possibilities of an O-ring figure. I'm also curious to see the aesthetics that they have across the range because they are definitely like going for a comic book design or a cartoon design. I mean, that is even explicit in these leaked listings. Hmm. They're like Duke cartoon, Snake Eyes comic book so will these figures all play nicely and look good on a shelf together will you have the sort of sunbow uh, more garish well, looking guys? like here's your cartoon iron figures here's your comic book iron figures and will they look out of step with classic o-rings I yeah mean, it's, it's a it's a it's a difficult balancing act I think. absolutely kind of like match yeah to kind of like how do you fit that with people's vintage uh, gi joe collections and, and going forward with the yeah, different I think... um, mediums I think you have to draw a line and kind of be like, 
functionality wise you're going to make them as compatible as possible you know in terms of mm -hmm. like they can share weapons backpacks etc and i hope that is the case i hope that it that is what uh, what super seven is going to do but i think i mean if i was on that team i'd also be like oh, god you know people have had these figures for 40 years can we just like not try to match them 100 percent? like yes let's get the general aesthetic right and whatever but you know they let's play let's see what happens let's see how people react to this design and to that design we can adapt on the fly as we go um mm. that said i i don't know i don't know if i'm in if i'm in in step with the whole gi joe com, uh, community or if i'm the exception here but for me super seven is all about not gi joe for me like as i love the gi joes and i want gi joe figures from that line but the ramars the maras the um bubbles uh all that stuff like those are the characters i want because we've had and i said this on our little blitz um cast that uh steve and i did when this was announced we've had these figures for like 40 years okay we've had the same i mean especially for us that are you know collecting vintage stuff the reason we're so hungry for o-rings is because we love these figures but we've also been staring at them for a very long time <laughs> and playing with these figures for a very long time and it doesn't make us uh, appreciate them less it's just I do want other characters. I'm not exactly excited for Spy uh, for I nearly said Spider Man. I'm not excited for <laughs> Snake Eyes 150. Okay, I'm excited about you know Mara One. <laughs> That's mm. gonna be exciting for me. I'm excited about Ramar One. Well, I'm it's delighted not, to see that yeah. in this lineup we we're not stuck in the core character hump. Thank that you. along Very with a snake eyes and a duke, we've got a cover girl and a ramar. I mean, yeah, pulling from the A, B, C, the D, game of sport. F, and G list. But yeah, if they can keep that balancing act of like, I suppose, you know, showing Hasbro, like, yeah, we are making those popular characters that you, you want us to make, you want us to remake those characters over and over again, but still being able to make new, completely new characters as well. Because you have to make characters that, that are recognizable, but then you have to also, yeah, appeal to the people that do want completely new characters we've never owned before. Exactly. I'm going to just predict that mm. if you're wanting them to fit seamlessly in with your current O-ring collection, your classic 80s toys and 90s toys, mm. might be a little bit too ambitious. Well, to I mean... However, because... they will look good with each other. And this is backed up by something that Mark says in the chats. Um, they will take inspiration from different sources, but they will still exactly. they will work, work together. Yeah. yeah, Because, I mean, we've yep. already seen that with their retro O-ring figures from Hasbro. Just because of the way that they're constructed, the different types of plastics they use, they don't look perfect next to the vintage G.I. Joe O-ring figures. Like you can tell almost instantaneously like that's, that's the retro figure. You know, and that's my vintage figures over there. Um, it would be cool if they could match them up, but there is there is obviously something about the way the plastic, the type of plastics that were used in the 80s <laughs> that they use these days. You know, they, you can't it can't be exactly the same. It won't it won't marry together well. I mean, it you know you kind of have to be like okay, you know. I don't know. I'm, I'm going around the circles, but no, you're right. Like I know what you mean. Like. Yeah. Just accept that I mean, it is what it's going to be. Bob quite says something yeah. nice. He's like, as long as they fit into my vehicles, 
mm-hmm. I'll be exceptionally happy. That's all that Not really Ramaldo. matters. You know? No. As long as they put in the vehicles, you can man your vehicles that you already own with these these figures. And I, I agree with that sentiment for sure. Right. Freaking on. Guys, I think that's a wrap on episode that's 306. It. Yeah, that's a wrap Christmas, Christmas special. Christmas is over, guys. Good job. <laughs> <You did> it. <laughs> I hope I think you I'm... get everything that you want this year. I hope it is peaceful and with loved ones. All that jazz. Yeah, Merry I Christmas wish... to all the Joe Bergians. Uh, that's what I call them now, the Joe Bergians. I wish you none of the Joe Bergians. <laughs> <laughs> the Joe Burgers. <laughs> I prefer that to, to Joe Burgers, I must be honest. Joe Bergians <laughs> is cool. Yeah, Where I think, guys... Yeah, just in the spirit of like gratuity and all that. Yeah, thank you to all the, you know, to the Bergfors, to the Joe Bergians, as Rob once said. Yeah, and to everyone who watches um, us live, who watches our episodes, um, you know, on, on repeat, listens to us. Anyways, all of these sexy people over here oh. in the comments or in the in the um, live chat and more. All the live people, you guys, absolutely love you guys. Thanks for, you know, for interacting with us as you know as we record these things but thank you to anyone who's ever listened to watch watched us i hope you all have a fantastic christmas and a happy new year thank you to the and folks who buy you our to merch. You guys. perfect christmas oh. presents oh poor love yeah. i also so say thank you to you guys nobody now nobody oh. can see my visual flourish here for yeah. making these episodes fun oh. and interesting yes. to be a part of yes oh, wait. This way, steve. steve and rob thank I you guys so. It's awesome. Oh, Thank I you, my dude. Like, it's awesome. I'm I'm glad that we get, we're still doing this. I'm glad that we still got so much more shit to speak about. I mean, stuff to talk about. Um, <laughs> what what is what is the thing you call them in the um, bullet sponges? What what does he call them in the comic book? Uh, in uh, issue eleven, I thought that was interesting. Uh, bullet also, stoppers. Bullet stoppers. Bullet stoppers. And also, I'm surprised nobody had any questions about who are the wounded Joes that had to get wheeled out. But anyway, we've already had this conversation now. Yeah, guys, it's awesome. And the maybe poor, we should should we tell everybody that we're gonna be doing this weekly next year? Yeah, see what happens. Oh I yeah, think we yeah. can do it. Hell yeah. Merry so, Christmas to everyone and to everyone. A good night. Berg. A good Christmas. This is the Berg course. Thank you to everyone who's ever Thank you guys the world. Happy holidays, guys. Goodbye.